joyful noise unto the Lord today. Come on, he's worthy of the glory. He's worthy of the praise today. Listen, if God has ever done anything for you, I wish you would stand up on your feet right now in this place and don't silence your voice. Because Jesus said, if you don't give me praise, the rocks are going to cry out in your place. There's probably some stones somewhere that would like to pick up where we leave off. And I'm telling you, I don't want a stone to steal my praise. He's worthy of the honor. He's worthy of the glory. He's worthy of the praise. Come on, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Listen, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Paul said in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I wish somebody would let thanksgiving well up out of your soul. I wish you'd open up your mouth today and give the Lord thanks and give him praise for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Let the people of the Lord praise him today. Come on somebody, praise the name of I'm going to read from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you can use whatever you have, electronic device, or look over off your neighbor, or look behind me on the screen. Psalm 124, if you found it, say amen. If you're still looking, say hold on. Good, five of you found it. I don't know what happened to the rest of you on the last one. Psalm 124, here's what the Bible says. David pins this. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. 
When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over or swept over our soul. Then the swollen waters would have gone over or swept over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Look back up at verse 1. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. Let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. I want to take a few moments this morning. And during this Thanksgiving given season, I want to talk on this thought, if it had not been. Father, thank you for the word today. God, I sense the presence of the Holy Spirit as I stand here this morning. God, I believe you want to encourage somebody today. I believe you want to help somebody today. I believe you want to bless somebody today. I believe you want to strengthen. I believe you want to deliver and set free somebody today in this place through the power of your word. God, it's my desire that you would hide me behind the cross this morning. Let my mind be sharp and focused. Let my words be on point. But God, don't let people hear me or see me, God. Let them hear the very words of God. And may they see the presence and the glory of the Lord in this place today. I thank you that these next few moments, the word's going to do its work. Because it works every single time. It never returns unto you void, but it will always accomplish what you send it forth to accomplish. And I love you today, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. The church said amen. You may be seated this morning. Pastor Tony, thank you for your help. <clears throat> Just uh, a few days ago, we gathered around a table, and we sat down to a feast in honor of a national holiday that we call Thanksgiving. And it is during this time of the year that thankfulness abounds. When we consider the awesome, abundant, auspicious, or favorable God that we serve. And the grace and the mercy and the blessings that he has bestowed upon our lives. But Brother Turpin, I'm not certain that we ha really have grasped the true meaning of thanksgiving or thankfulness or a thankful life. I I'm afraid that we have become so familiar with life that we have taken for granted all that God is, all that God has done, and all that he means to us. I'm a little concerned that we have become somewhat complacent in our attitude of thanksgiving and 
thankfulness. Because Thanksgiving is not just something that we do on the fourth Thursday of every November. Thanksgiving should be turned into thanksgiving, and it should be a lifestyle that we live and that we practice on a regular basis. There should never be a time that we fail to offer thanks to God. In Psalm 136, the psalmist wrote in verses 1 through 9, he penned these words, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His mercy endures forever. To Him who alone does great wonders, for His mercy endures forever. To Him who by wisdom made the heavens, for His mercy endures forever. To Him who laid out the earth above the waters, for His mercy endures forever. To Him who made great lights, for His mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for His mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for His mercy endures forever. He gets down to the 26th verse and he concludes by saying, Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for His mercy endures forever. We should be a thankful People, David would write in Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. What I believe the psalmist is trying to get us to understand is that regardless of where we are, what we're walking through, or what we are facing, we have plenty of things to look at and say to God, thank you for being faithful and thank you for being good and thank you for your provision and thank you for every promise and thank you for your presence and thank you for your peace and for Lord you are good and we give you thanks. I quoted this verse just a moment ago but Paul would write to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 and he said in everything give thanks for this is the will of of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know what that means? Thankfulness is the will of God for your life. And unthankfulness is 
is not God's will and it is not God's plan. Grumbling and griping is not the will of God for you. Oh, there's plenty of stuff that we could look at and say it could be a whole lot better and I wish it had gone like this. But if you would just pause and take a moment and look back at where you've been and where God has brought you from and look at where you are right now and then even greater look to where you are headed, you'll find plenty of reason to raise up your hands, throw back your head, open up your mouth and give praise unto God who has blessed us with such bountiful blessings. It's not about a table that we sit around with turkey and stuffing and gravy and we do all of that on the fourth Thursday in November every single year, but it's a lifestyle that we live that says, God, thank you for being so good to me. I have so much to be thankful for. And if you're glad today for the goodness and the blessing of God and you're thankful today and your heart is full of gratitude, why don't you put your hands together and let's give the Lord praise today. And thanksgiving and praise usually flow from times of reflection. You do understand that thanksgiving and praise are synonymous. They, they pretty much mean the same thing. When I thank God for something, I'm praising Him for something. It's the same thing. And there are, are two types of thanksgiving or two types of praise that I like to talk about. There, there is what I call a faith thanks or a faith praise. And NB, that's when we look ahead and we, we thank God for what He is going to do. We, we can't see it at the moment. We don't even realize how it's all going to happen or how it's all going to transpire. But there's a faith that we have that allows us to say, God, I thank you that you are good for it. It's kind of like when you go into a store and you buy something. You know, we don't carry cash much these days. And we pull out these little plastic things called credit cards. And we give it to a salesman or a sales lady and they, they run it through the little machine and we sign our name on the ticket. And that says to the people there at the store and even says to the credit card company you can count on us we are good for it. They have allowed us to buy it on credit. And it's the same way with God. There's times that we've got to just praise Him on credit because we know that He is good for it. We know that He's been faithful faithful once and he'll be faithful again. We know that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You don't give God a faith praise based on how you feel or based on what you know that's happening around you, but you get a hold of the living word of God and you turn through the pages and you read every promise and you see everything that God has said. So in the midst of the storm, in the midst of hell, in the midst of trial, in the midst of difficulty, God, I feel the Holy Ghost today. In the midst of pain and in the midst of suffering, you can throw up your hands and say, God, I know I can't see it. And I know my flesh is contradicting everything that I know that your word says. But I know that you are good for it. So I'm going to praise you on credit. I know your word says I'm healed. So I'm going to praise you like I'm already healed. I know your word says I'm delivered. So I'm going to praise you like I'm already delivered. I know your word says you own a cattle on a thousand hills and you'll supply 
every single need that I have. So I'm going to praise you like it's already done. It's a faith thing. I wish somebody today would raise up your hands and praise God just based on credit, knowing that God is good for it. And great is the faithfulness of the Lord. Now come on and give him a good praise today. But there's another type of thanksgiving or another type of praise. I call it a present tense thanks or a tangible thanks. And that usually comes from times of remembering and reflecting. When we look back at everything that God has done for us. And we look back at who God is. Because see, I'm afraid that if we're not careful, we'll get so caught up and wrapped up in just the stuff God has done, we forget who God really is. And we don't just praise Him for everything He's done and everything He's given us, though we do that. I think it's good to look back and see who God is and what God has been to us in our lives, and we thank Him for that. We look back and we, re we reflect and we remember every time that He brought us out, and we say, thank you, Lord. We look back and we reflect every time that he healed our bodies and we say, thank you, Lord. If you're a parent in here this morning, you, you look back at every time that he touched your children when they had a fevered brow and God just miraculously reached down and touched them. You look back at, at times when doctors diagnosed your children and said that it was going to be like this and it didn't look good, but, but you got a word from the Lord and healing manifested itself and you thank him. You, you look back at the times that that car just swerved out of the way and it didn't hit you head on and you thought it was coincidental but no it was the Lord who was watching out oh, uh, watching over you and preserving you and taking care of you and you start looking back and you start counting your blessings and you start naming them one by one and you start thinking about the faithfulness of God and the awesomeness of God and the holiness of God and the power of God and the majesty of God and right where you are at that present moment you can't help but to give God thanks when you look back and then you look at right where you are at this present moment and you know if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side you would not be here today because here's the truth of the matter if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side you and I would be spiraling headlong into an eternal abyss called hell but because God who was rich in mercy because of his great love he gave up Jesus Christ to die a sinner's death for us so we would not have to be lost and when I think about that, I can't help but to give God thanks and praise and declare, Lord, you are good. And I thank you for who you are in my life. There should never be a time that we fail to give thanks to God. And I don't know if there's a greater example of this than in Psalm 124. This text these eight verses that I just read to you. It is known as a song or a psalm of ascents or ascending. It is a declarative praise that the writer pins right here. It was pinned and composed by a man named King David. It was a psalm that he wrote, but it was a psalm that, that he sang. 
Upon his return to Jerusalem when his son Absalom had tried to steal the throne from him. And God had delivered David from the hand of his son and from the hand of his enemies. It was a psalm that was sung by all the children of Israel after they had been in a Babylonian captivity for 70 years, had been forced out of their homeland into a foreign place, living as captives, living as slaves. And when that 70-year period was over, the king released them to come back to their hometown. They sang this song upon their entrance into Jerusalem. It was a psalm that was sung by the entire Jewish race and Queen Esther after she had uncovered and had unveiled a wicked scheme by a man named Haman who had laid out a plan to annihilate and to exterminate the entire Jewish race. She sang that song. The entire Jewish race sang that song. It was a psalm of ascent, a psalm of ascending. That the children of Israel, when they would walk this processional all the way up to the Temple Mount there in Jerusalem to enter into that place for a time of worship, they would walk this processional, Pastor Tony, and there would be this responsive reading that would take place. Somebody in the front would have the scroll in their hand and they would say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, they would turn around and they would say, let Israel now say, and then all together in unison as they walked that processional ascending to a higher place of worship together, you would hear hundreds of thousands of voices say as they walked that path to the temple, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. And they would read that as they made their way up. It was a psalm, a song of ascent that declared that, that contained a song of praise and a song of thanksgiving. It was a psalm that described, listen now, a psalm that described what might have been and why it had not been. It was a psalm that described what could have happened and why it had not happened. And I'm convinced today that every single one of us sitting here this morning, myself included, we could sing this song and we could say if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side we could say here's what might have happened and here's why it did not here's what could have happened and here's why it did not every single one of us in here today we are the products of the grace of God we are products of the mercy of God we are products of the protection and the safety of God and there should never be a time that we fail to give thanks to the Lord Almighty why don't you take a moment right now and let's give the Lord praise and thanksgiving one more time today. Now that I've laid that foundation out, give me, oh, it's only 11.30. Give me a few moments. Can I, can I be a little creative and use my imagination this morning? Good, I'm going to. And I would just like to imagine that I have some people off here to the side that I would like to interview and talk. And permit me to, just to be a, a little bit imaginative today and creative. Sir, sir, come right here. Tell me, what is your name? Well, my name is Abraham. And I'd like to tell these people today that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, when God himself came down to my 90-year-old wife and opened up her womb, 
And me as a 100 year old man gave us the ability to conceive a child of promise that God had said I could have 25 years earlier. I'd like you folks to know that I waited for 25 years for the promise of God to come to pass. And once it came to pass, God gave us a beautiful child that his name literally meant laughter. We called him Isaac. And probably for about 14 or 15 years, I'd like you to know that we lived with that child of promise. He brought such joy to our lives. But I want you to know there came a day of testing. And there came a day of trial in our lives. When God came down and he called my name not once but twice, Pastor Tony. And he said, Abraham, Abraham. And I responded back and I said, Lord, hear I am. And the Lord said to me, I want you to take your son. I want you to take your only son, Isaac. I want you to take him to a place that I will show you. I want you to tie him on an altar. I want you to take a knife and plunge it through his chest. I want you to offer him to me as a sacrificial burnt offering. So I'd like you to know that in the midst of my fear and in the midst of my anxiety and in the midst of my trepidation that I gathered my son up. I got my servants together. I loaded the donkeys down and we went on a journey to a place that God had called me. I didn't know exactly where the place would be but after three days God spoke to me and said Abraham lift up your eyes here is the place that I want you to offer Isaac to me as a burnt offering, the son of promise, the only child. Listen, he had another son. His name was Ishmael, but he was the son. I had another son. His name was Ishmael, but he was the son of the flesh. And God never honors anything that you do in the flesh. God never honors things that you do out of feeling or being driven by your flesh. So at the third day, I get to the foot of the mountain. I look at the servants. I tell them to stay here with the donkeys. And the lad and I are going to go up to a place we are going to worship and we're going to return to you. And I'd like to tell you today that as we made that journey up the mountain, I was full of questions. I had no idea what God was doing. I thought for sure that this was the very end. And as we walked up the mountain, I want you to know that my son looked at me and he said, Dad, he said, I see the wood and and I see all the things that we need for the sacrifice. I see the knife, but tell me, Dad, where is the sacrificial lamb? Where is the offering? And I looked at my son and I said son don't you worry the Lord himself will provide for us I want you to know that we got to the top of the mountain I laid that boy down I tied him down with ropes I took that knife out I was this close to plunging that knife through his chest and I heard the voice of God again and God said Abraham Abraham don't you do it it was only a test and I want you to know that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side my son would have become a sacrificial offering but when I lifted up my eyes and I looked over the other side of the mountain God had provided a male lamb with horns so he could be caught in the thicket and I want you to know that I took that lamb I laid him down on the altar I sacrificed him and I spilled his blood and I want you to know that I called that place Jehovah Jireh the Lord will provide and I want you to know today that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I would have lost my son. But I want you to know that God provided for me, that God took care of us, that God made provision.
provision. And I want you to know today that the same God who provided for me and Isaac, he's the same God who will provide for you today if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. And I'd like you to know before I exit stage left over here that he is still Jehovah Jireh. Every time I've had a need, he's always taken care of me. And I want you to know that there is no need so great that God cannot and will not provide for you. Yes, sir, come here. Tell me what's your name. Well, my name is, my name is Daniel. And I'd like to tell you that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, that I would have been torn apart and I would have been eaten alive by a den of lions. I want you to know that I was one of those people that was taken into captivity by King Nebuchadnezzar. And I'd like you to know but I found favor in the eyes of the king. I'd like you to know that because my heart was right with God, that I found favor with the king. And me and three of my friends, I'm going to let you meet them in just a minute. We, we were given a, a pretty high-ranking position in the court of the king. We refused to eat the king's food. We refused to drink the king's wine. We were stronger, we were healthier than the rest of those boys that had been taken into captivity. I'd like to tell you that King Nebuchadnezzar was eventually removed and taken off of the throne. And a king named Darius came to power. And I want you to know that I had a prayer life with God that was second to none. And every single day, three times a day, I would open up my windows. I would lift up my head to the one true God, Jehovah. And I would cry out to him and I'd call out to him. But I'd like you to know that my, my conviction to pray and my passion for God was not received well by some of the men that were serving with me. They became jealous of my position. And they set up this plan and they put this plan and this scheme into motion to try to silence my voice and shut off my prayer life. And they went to the king and said, Oh king, we want you to make this decree that for the next 30 days that no one may call out to their God or petition their God. The only person they can cry out to, king, is you. So the king took his signet ring and he sealed the deal. When I found out what had happened, I want you to know that I was a little bit concerned. But I had such a conviction in my heart to call out to God that my, my passion to pray was greater than my fear of man. I walked into my room like I have done every other day prior to the king's decree and the king's command. Not once, not twice, 
But on three separate occasions, every single day, even after the king's decree had been put into plan, I opened up the windows of my room. I lifted up my voice and I cried out to God and I prayed like I have prayed so many times. But because the king's order had been sealed with the signet ring and because there was nothing else that could be done, those men went to the king and they told him what had happened. And he said, the king said, Daniel, I'm sorry. There's nothing that I can do because see the, the plan that had put into motion anyone that defied the command of the king would be thrown into a lion's den. And they say that before you ever reach the bottom that the lions would grab you in their mouth and the power of their jaws and the force and the strength of their mouth would snap every single bone that you have. But I prayed anyways. And I want you to know that the king had to honor exactly what he said so he took me and he threw me into the lion's den but I'd like to tell you if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side I'd have been a snack for a lion but I want to tell you I found a soft place in the mane of those lions I pillowed my head that night and I slept like a baby you want to know why because the Lord was on my side and at the end of that night I want you to know that the king came down and he said Daniel, oh Daniel, is the God that you serve. Has he delivered you from the mouth of the lion? I said to that king, oh king, the God that I serve has delivered me from the mouth of the lion. The king ordered that I be taken up out of that lion's den and every single one of those men that had concocted that plan against me, them and their families were thrown down into the lion's den. And I'd like to tell you that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I wouldn't be able to stand here today and testify to you of the protection of God Almighty. And I want to tell you before I exit stage left that God watched over me, God protected me, and he'll do the very same thing for you. And if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I wouldn't be here today to tell you about the power of God to protect my life. Is this all right? Come here, boys. Oh, we've got three. Let me, three, three, come here. What are your names? Well, our names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> and what would you like to tell us today, boys? Well, we'd like to tell you that if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would have been consumed in a fire. We'd like to tell you that the God we serve showed up in the midst of a fiery furnace that a king had heated seven times hotter. Well, tell us, tell me, tell me, boys, why, why did that happen? Well, there was a king named Nebuchadnezzar. Our, our friend Daniel just told you about him. He had erected a 90-foot-tall graven image. He had commanded that every single person in the province of Babylon and all the areas surrounding it would gather together on a certain day and at the sound of the music, every single person would bow down to this graven image. We want you to know that a long time ago, long before the king had built a graven image, we had made up our minds we were going to serve the one true God that we call Jehovah. So we gathered together that day. There were people as far as the eye could see. The 90-foot tall graven golden image had been erected to the glory of King Nebuchadnezzar. 
And at the sound of the music, they had this band with every instrument that you could imagine. The music began to play, and you could see people everywhere bowing down to the image. You know, for just a brief moment, we thought, what if we don't? do this. We, we understand what's at stake here, but we'd like you to know it was just a passing thought because we were so sold out to Jehovah. So as we are standing there, people are bowing down. There we stand watching everything that's going on. Somebody goes over to the king and says, King, did you not dec- decree and declare that everybody bows down to the graven image at the sound of the music? The king said, Yes, I did. Well, king, there are three boys. As a matter of fact, I believe it's three of the boys that you have handpicked to serve in your court and be a part of what's going on. And the king was furious. He was angry. His rage was just beyond comprehension. And the, the, the king ordered that we be brought to him. And he said, boys, is this true? What am I hearing? Is this true? They said, king, it is true. We cannot bow down and serve this graven image. And the king said, I'm going to give you one more opportunity. When you hear the sound of the music, you need to bow down and you need to worship. And if you don't, you see this fiery furnace over here. We're going to heat it seven times hotter. And we're going to throw you in. And that will be the end of you. And we looked at the king and said, King, you do what you think that you need to do. But we refuse to bow. We refuse to break. We refuse to bend. If we have to burn, we'll burn. And the God that we serve is able to deliver us out of the fire furnace but king we want you to know that if not if he doesn't deliver us out of the fiery furnace and we've got to be burned up and consumed we have made up our minds we have conviction in our hearts we won't bow we won't bend and we won't break we want you to know that they played the music one more time and everywhere as far as the eye could see there were people bowing down but we refused to bow the king ordered that we be tied up he ordered that the furnace be heated seven times hotter We'd like you to know that that furnace was so hot when they opened up the door to throw us in. People, men were killed because of the heat that came from that furnace. The king had us bound up and he had us thrown in. But we'd like you to know that if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would have burned to death. But we'd like you to know that somebody showed up in the midst of that fiery furnace with us. It wasn't the king, it wasn't Daniel, but it was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We'd like you to know that the king stepped back rubbed his eyes and said did I not put three men in the midst of the fire why then do I see a fourth man walking around in the midst of the flame and his appearance is like that of the son of God we'd like to tell you today that if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side we wouldn't be able to stand here today but we'd like to tell you that he's still in the fire and he's walking in the flame and he'll be there to help you when you call upon his name. God delivered us out of the fire and he'll deliver you too. Come on somebody and praise the Lord. Stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet in this place. Raise up your hands today. I want to tell you if it had not been for the Lord if it had not been for the Lord we'd have been burned up.
on, somebody raise up your hands and praise him. There's a fourth man in the fire today. You may feel the heat of your circumstances. You may feel the flames licking at your feet. But I'm telling you today, there's a fourth man. And his name is Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, don't leave yet, boys. Tell us, tell us exactly what happened. Well, we'd like you to know that the king ordered us to come out of the fire and see the ropes that had bound us. Uh, they, they, they weren't there anymore. They had been, they'd been burned off and broken off. And we want you to know that, that when we came out of the fire, we didn't even smell like smoke. We'd like you to know that we came out of the fire, not even a hair on our head was singed. We, we'd like you to know that it was such a moving experience that King Nebuchadnezzar declared that God, Jehovah, is the only one true God. We'd like you to know that we were faithful in the midst of the fire. And because we were faithful in the midst of the fire, somebody else found the same God that we found. And if you'll be faithful in the fire, God will raise up His great name and God will touch somebody else's life. God, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Church of God pews. But I'd like you to know that I couldn't ride the coattails of my mama and my daddy to heaven. But I had to make a decision on my own. I'd like to tell you that at a winter fest in Gatlinburg, Tennessee at 17 years old, I stood in the Gatlinburg Convention Center on a Sunday morning, the very last service early. And I stood there and I heard a preacher preach talked about selling out and answering to the call of God on your life. I'd like you to know this morning, I knew from a very young age at about four or five years old that the call of God was on my life. I'd like you to know that I'd take my mama's piano bench down in a little place called Garrisonville, Virginia, just outside of Stafford, and I'd set that piano bench up and I'd get my Bible and I'd put my suit and my cowboy boots on and I would preach. I knew at about four or five years of age that the hand of God was upon my life. And I knew that the call of God was upon my life. But I'd like you to know that, that through those years that, that there were times that I struggled. And there were times that I missed the mark. And there were times that I failed God. And there were times that I messed up. But when I stood in that convention center on that Sunday morning, I turned to God and I said, God, from this moment forward, I will answer the call that you've placed on my life. I'd like you to know that I came home from that week and I had decided to go to college and be a communications major and major in broadcasting and go into sports but I want you to know that at that moment that day in that convention center I made up my mind to change my major to accept the call of God on my life and I'd like you to know that over the course of the last 22 years since that day everything has not been rosy everything has not been perfect I've failed God on more times than I can count I've messed up more times than I can count I have failed God so miserably on some occasions but I'd like you to know 
know that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I wouldn't be standing here today. I wouldn't be proclaiming the word of God. I wouldn't be preaching the word of God. But I found his grace to be real. I found his mercy to be rich. I found his love to be wide. And because the Lord was on my side, I know today that if I draw my last breath, I'll shut my eyes on this side of heaven. I'll wake up in a place where the streets are paved with cold. The walls are made of jasper. The gates are made of pearl. There is a river of life that runs through that city. I want to tell you that God's been on my side for the last 39 years. I'm a living, breathing, walking, talking testimony of the grace of God. And if God is on my side, he'll be on your side too. Come on, somebody, and praise the Lord today. for just a moment. Close your eyes for just a moment.